guys, welcome back to the newest edition of Down for the Count. Um, I have the OGs here again this week. So with me today is Tiff and Alexis. Do you want to say hi, ladies? Hello. Hello. So this week um, is a little bit different. We're going to talk about a few things. Um, we're going to talk about our wrestling what ifs. We're bringing that slightly back. And then we're also going to talk about um, obviously with the A24 Iron Claw coming out um, this, I believe it's this year, either late this year or early next year. I'm actually going to um, confirm that in the while we get a little bit more into the show. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to kind of talk about like what wrestling stories and or people could get that same treatment in a sense. Um, so uh, ladies, if you kind of want to start with your what ifs. Alexis, you're up first. Okay. Um, one of my what ifs is what if Chris Candino didn't pass away uh, suddenly and very young. Um, if you guys aren't aware who Chris Candino was, he started in the WWE in about 94, 95. He was part of the Body Donnas with Sonny. Um, guy just had immense talent. He was like one of those small guys that really didn't get the, uh, get his flowers like he should have. Like, you know how nowadays you have guys like Daniel Bryan and, uh, Ray Mysterio and like, you know, just like guys who weren't like the, the don't fit like the normal build when it comes to a wrestler. He, he deserved more love. And sometimes I just wonder, because he was only like 30-something when he passed. And it just makes me wonder, because he was working in Impact at that time, and he was like really picking up like speed, and people were talking about him again. <clears throat> and it just kind of really made me wonder, like, what if he didn't pass away and he managed to get away from Sunny because she's a walking dumpster fire. And he was able to not only have like, of resurgence late in his career, but you know, end up being one of the guys who become like an indie darling or you know, worked with WWE and trained like the next group of people to do what he was doing or be better than him. And I think it, it kind of hits me hard because I was watching that episode of his from Dark Side of the Ring and just uh, Sonny fucked him over so bad. Like I, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever been that angry watching a dark side of the ring before. I don't remember Chris Candido. I don't I barely remember Sonny if I'm being fair. There's nothing um, the, <laughs> the only reason why I um know who she is is because when she was inducted, I happened to look her up and I was like, okay, I vaguely remember her. Um but I don't remember Chris Candido at all. However, I did look up his cause of death and he died from acute pneumonia due to the surgery complications. He didn't die from the blood clot. <clears throat> that thought he was a blood clot that got him. Um, they said that um, when they interviewed his brother, his brother found out the true cause of death and it was um, acute pneumonia. And um, before we had, when we, before we lost you the first time we were doing this, that's when Nicole was like, that happens sometimes when surgeries, um, people leave the hospital too soon, they develop pneumonia and it can cause death 
So, um, yeah. that's why they always tell you to monitor. And this is for anyone. Like if you get surgeries, no matter how small or major you think it is, especially if you're going something where they're like really opening you up, mm-hmm. you are really, really, really need to pay attention to your fever. Yeah. Um, and even if your doctor does not communicate this to you, if you, soon as you get a thing, um, if you get a fever or if you start it or if you start to get hot, you need to go to the hospital immediately. You need to go immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like you're very susceptible, uh, susceptible of getting, um, again, getting pneumonia, um, especially because you're getting opened up. You're regardless of them, like, yes, being like clean and keeping all that again, you're very opposite to get some type of infection. So again, I always tell people, you know, that's a good way just to like, you know, just take care of yourself. Facts. It's just, I don't know. That one kind of hit me hard. Cause like it showed like growing up, he was like a huge wrestling fan and that's like all he wanted to be. And like, I don't know. That one, that one, that episode just really hit me hard. And then it's just like Sunny and all that shit she's trying to do. And it just, it just makes me mad because you, it's in that situation. It's like, damn, we lost him, but she's still here. Oh, Jesus. No, I don't, I don't like it because it's just like everyone's like saying that she should get her Hall of Fame ring taken away. It's not going to happen because they still have fucking Jimmy Snuka in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Lee said about that, the better. But like, you know, she she pawned the damn thing because that's that's how broke she is. But it's like she's getting into like accidents left and right. She like what didn't she kill a guy on the last DUI she got or something like that? I don't remember. I, I know she injured somebody. But it's just she like she injured. I don't think they died. Yeah. It's just I call me a bad person, but I, I I really wish Chris Candina was here and he would see like guys like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and you know guys who would, you would never think even like Cody on some levels that you know the the guys who normally don't look like what a wrestler's supposed to look like are like some of the biggest stars in the industry right now. That's just WWE. Look at guys that like Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, Who's another guy? I'm trying to, MJF. He's not really a big guy. Well, um, you know, you know what I mean? Like Sammy, as much as I hate him, Sammy Guevara, like they wouldn't have been this like made stars back in the time when Chris was doing his thing. And him not being here and seeing that, it was just been like, he's not here to get his respect. And that's that makes me sad. Well, to be fair, without the Chris Grandinos, you wouldn't have those guys you mentioned. Right. So he still has a, a mark on the world. It may not be as big as you believe it should be, but it's there. And I think all those guys you mentioned know exactly who he is. If they don't, they'll learn. So I think he contributed a lot. But mm-hmm. if he was still here, you'd probably be right. He probably would have um, ushered in a whole new crop of talent. Probably could have been beneficial to a lot of different talent coming in, helping them learn the ropes, understanding how to be a smaller guy and wrestling those bigger guys. He would have had a nice impact on the industry if that's what he wanted to continue to do. And since you said he was an avid wrestling fan and he turned that into his career, 
I'm sure he would have injured, you know, been put into backstage area of some company. Could you imagine him working with the cruiserweights when two of, if you go, if you guys know what I'm talking about, you know, but um, I highly recommend going back and looking at his stuff since you guys don't really remember him. But like, if you go back and you see that stuff, I just, I was watching some old stuff of his and I'm like, damn, when they had 205 live, if they had Chris Candino working with the fucking cruiserweights, people would have definitely been talking about 205 more. I thought 205 Live was fun most of the time. I, I like 205 Live. I watched it. I actually watched it. Mm-hmm. I think we were like. Now I don't be watching. I don't, I don't got time for all of that. That's more Rico's, but. Yeah. They don't even um, have 205 anymore. I no, love, no, they, yeah, no, it's been debunked. Um, yeah, they got level up and they got a. Uh, yeah, level up 205. Yeah, 205 Live is level up now, which honestly, it makes like as a whole, like that makes more sense because it's like you can like showcase a woman more because 205 Live was like heavily mostly, male center. Yeah, it was just the men um, and um, Maria. Mm. <laughs> Um, that's that's such a weird that's low-key like a low like such a weird time like i was watching i don't know who i was watching and they were talking about like how weird the pandemic era was like oh my god really look at it like how weird it was it was so and i was like i was like i low-key want to talk about this time it it was one day because i feel like that time was so weird it, it seems like a fever dream. Seems like forever it ago. It does. But we were like, <laughs> we were most of the time we were lucid for it, like we were sober for it. But yeah. like, it was so fucking. It was like everything was paused. Mm-hmm. You know how like when you play an RPG game and you're on the main quest and then you end up doing all these weird little side quests yes. and then you come back. But the side quests were fun to watch. But at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. It's like what? all the days had melted into. Yeah, because they had Chill Five Live main event. What was another show? They had another show. Um, it feels like they did, but t- wasn't Two Hundred Five done before the pandemic, though? Yeah, no, but was, no, I'm talking was, about pre-pandemic. I'm talking uh, about like that weird era. It, exceeded, it, was, it was there, but it was like on the network. You only got to see it on the network. I need to look I need to look um more into that so I can like get together my thoughts on that but that's also like to me that's such like an odd time in wrestling because it had like NXT was like crazy and this is when really everybody was really drinking a kool-aid and then this is when the indies started to really like get into more of like a consistent motion and then you have the stirrings of like AEW like it was a lot going on. Well yeah. even even then with the pandemic coming and you had like and then the pandemic and it was weird. Yeah. Everything yeah, cuz like right up before the pandemic started like on Thursday when Harley would get out of class or Wednesday or Thursday when she would get done out of school, we'd come home and we would watch like AEW Dark when it was only like 45 minutes to an hour long. And then we would have watched NWA Power, which was like 45 minutes. That is right. 
And then yeah. we would watch MLW, which was like yeah. 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot of wrestling because I remember there were a lot of times, I think I have memories of it, where I'm literally a screenshot. I'm literally taking a picture of me watching two different wrestling shows at the same time. Yeah. And that would happen very, very often. No, she did. Like, that was when it was, it would be like in the middle of it. Like, it would be at night when you're getting ready to watch. I think you would be watching MLW or Impact at the same time. Cause when they I was always, yeah, and then it was like, it was always AEW and something, I felt like. I think it was MLW, because MLW came on Wednesdays. Yeah. And you would be watching both of them. I remember you watched NXT and NWA Power at the same time. Yep, I used to watch that at the same time all the time, because yeah. I would put NWA on my TV, and then I would yeah. put NXT on my laptop. Yep. Yeah, so yep. it was Wednesday when Harley got out of Yeah, when, when Harley got out so, of Yep, there was Wednesday. two days in a row I was watching wrestling on two different fucking devices. That's insane. Because oh Wednesday, because Wednesday leading up to the pandemic, we came home, we watched AEW, uh, AEW Dark, mm. MLW, NWA, because yeah. I, unfortunately I don't watch Impact, but I, I'm trying to convince Daryl we need to get that or figure it out somehow. And, um, we so MLW, AEW, and uh, NWA, and then that night we would watch AEW. So, like, Wednesday, like, we would just watch Dynamite. So, like, Wednesday was like a solid wrestling day, eight hours of wrestling or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, and they all came on, and then they because they had it set up where they they, told they all came on back to back, yeah, and would run into right each other. The other, they came on right after the other. But I like because, that. Oh God, that gave me anxiety. Yeah, yeah I want to talk about know. that. So we'll so um guys, we will talk about that in a later in like another episode because I really want to dissect that time of wrestling because I feel like we don't talk about it enough because that was insane. That like was insane. yes, um and like and wrestling is in an actual renaissance right now. Like mm -hmm. completely hundred percent in a renaissance right now, but I mm -hmm. feel like that chunk really helped get us to where we're in and potentially going in the future. And that was great for me and Harley because she she knew when she got home from school it was our thing on Wednesday. We go get a snack from Sonic, come home and watch wrestling. And then the pandemic hit and kind of fucked everything up. <laughs> like, thanks, assholes. They still had wrestling some, some. going during the pandemic. It just wasn't like they didn't have the the wrestling pandemic era wrestling was just weird. Like it is like it seems like it was so long ago, but it was only like was what not. years ago. Yeah, it was just a few years ago, like literally yeah. two years ago. Um, all right. So my wrestling what if was hey. okay. Hey, girl. Hi, um, this fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> My wrestling what if was what if Karma got her WrestleMania match? What if she got it and she won? It would literally change the tra trajectory of the women's evolution and just the division as a whole. Because a woman like Karma being at the top of the mountain, it puts eyes on her in a different light what Nia Jax got in her era of wrestling karma could have gotten in hers 
And then you would have inspired more girls that look like her to be able to come into wrestling. And then WWE would have been forced to look at them. Mainly how they did, they tried to pigeonhole um, Daniel Bryan and several of the smaller guys because they didn't look like the big buff guys they wanted. And it didn't work. Daniel Bryan was able to push through and become one of the biggest wrestling stars in the world. And that was due mainly to his skill and wrestling capability. But if you think like during that time, there were women who were not what WWE considered to be the cream of the crop. So you had Beth Phoenix, Tamina, and you had Natalia. At that time, those girls were your powerhouse wrestlers. And it was only a small amount of them. And then Karma comes in. Karma is a big, bigger woman. She has massive power. She is unapologetically mean. And she's taking people out one by one. If they had let that go and continue to go through to WrestleMania, we could have seen something amazing at Mania, number one. And number two, a black woman would have been on the card at WrestleMania years ahead of Bianca Belair and Naomi. She would have been able to set the tone. You mean Mercedes? You mean Mercedes? Yeah. Now, like, that makes me so mad, like, when we were talking about it. Um, If y'all don't know the skinny on that, Karma, a.k.a. Awesome Kong, was over at Impact doing amazingly may I fucking add. And like she came over to WWE and about the time when that she came over to WWE, that's when like the twins who shall not be named were basically running rampant all over the place. And, uh, you this fingernail polish just went bad. Yeah. I got to take this off my fingers, but, um, they pretty much had it, the division in a show cult. And back then with WWE, it was just, pretty girls who could kind of put on somewhat wrestling matches. They were the bathroom breaks. Like that's pretty much what women matches were. And over an impact Kong was wrestling dudes. Like she was straight up fighting guys when the time came for it. And like, I'm not a heel girl, but awesome Kong is one, if not my most favorite heel, like ever, like she was the only heel I rooted for. And her and Gail Kim has some epic battles in impact. If you never, if you didn't watch TNA back then, you missed a really good piece of the women's evolution that was outside of WWE. Mainstream wise, the knockouts division was light years ahead of WWE. And they just had, they just understood that there was something to women's wrestling besides them having big titties and pretty faces. Mm-hmm. And, and no- I'll tell you one thing I do not like Gail Kim. Yeah, no love lost for that woman, but I will never, never discount what she and Awesome Kong were able to do. Thanks. Yeah. No, that's all I had to say. It just makes me mad that Karma got, or Kong got really screwed over in the WWE because JR was head of talent at the time and he was all obsessed with the skinny pretty girls too. And people don't give JR a lot of smoke. Like, again, like Vince is terrible, but 
people don't realize JR was the one scouting and putting together the women's division for years. Going back to Gail Kim, he only signed her because he was he told Vince, oh, dudes are really big into Asian porn. And Vince is like, there's Asian porn? Like, Vince didn't even know. And it's, it's just like, and it's also, you got to understand the way that the back was back then. And then of also who the women's champion was at the time, which was Michelle McCool. And of course, she was the reason why Kong didn't debut as early as she should have. So we should have seen because she was mad about dropping her title, right? So right. we should have seen Awesome Kong about a year ahead of the time that she actually debuted. So she debuted in February. She was supposed to debut the year prior in September. So you cost, not only you cost me that, you cost me a bag for about a year from the WWE. Yeah, um, Kong was supposed to debut around September. At least that's what I remember when I was reading the article come from Freddie Prince Jr. Because he was writing for WWE at the time. And he had did an interview and he detailed it, like from the start, like where the issues came in, who said what. He told everything, which is why I fucking love him. Because he, he tells the truth. I'm like, he just tell us what the fuck is going on. I mean, and he's, he's got no fucking reason to kiss anybody's ass. He's got his own promotion going on right now, which I've heard is insanely good. Yeah, I just I don't, he it. doesn't care. I don't blame him. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I just wanted to do different stories. I wanted to see different people. He said, Karma is, she's here. She's great. Let's get her out there. She's going to be dominant. We need a dominant champion that's going to take over the women's division. And then you'll have a hero rise up and take her out. It's a good story. It's for the girls. They didn't want to do it. Could you imagine Awesome Kong or Karma? I, I call her both, but could you imagine Awesome Kong versus Beth Phoenix? Yeah, because that, that was wrestling. It would have been awesome. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I feel like we got robbed. And it's just like I'm glad that we have the women that we have now. Don't get me wrong. I am so happy that we have the Biancas of the world, and we have Naomi, who's Trinity now in Impact, and we got, we have Mercedes, but she's over in, in New Japan. Well, she's healing up now, but you know what I mean? And then we have these the girls on the indies, like Willow, and mm. you got so many different people. Joseline Navarro. Yeah, you got all these different people you can watch and you can see. I'm glad that they're there, but I could I can't help but think that there would be so many more if we were able to see ourselves more often on TV. Because back then, prior to Kong being there, there was nobody. Like, we had a few. Naomi was lingering in there at the time. But it was, it she was kind of in the background a little bit. And there wasn't anybody else other than her and Alicia Fox. And it was even a smaller margin for the Latina community because they just had the Bellas. And they had Rosa Mendez. Which really isn't much to champion for. So there's no, there's, there wasn't really much of a representation for us. And then there was no variety. All the girls had a similar body type. They all were small, trim, busty girls. Mm -hmm. Or they were, they were smaller girls or they, they were kind of like Caitlyn 
where they had power. You can tell they had power. They didn't really have big boobs, but they were fit women. They were they weren't normal looking girls like you and me. So we didn't get to see ourselves on television. At least at the bare minimum, we was like, okay, we get to see something. Kong shows up, and I'm like, okay, awesome. Kong's here. Let's go. We're gonna get this. And then all of a sudden, she's gone. And I'm like, it wouldn't have been that bad, but she had got pregnant. I was happy that she was getting ready. She was getting, she had got pregnant. She had been trying. And then they that busted her. ass fucking pr promo that the Bellas did on her. And she ended up losing that baby after like, we hope you lose it. And I'm just like. Now to their defense, they said that's not something that they wanted to say. Mm -hmm. They were told to say it. And I said, okay, I can believe that. I mean, it's WWE. I, I can believe that. I'm still mad at them for saying it. But <laughs> I believe them when they say that they were told to say that. I believe them. Because a lot well, of things are said. I'm not shocked about them being, being told to say that. Yeah. Like that they, they're they not the only ones who have said that they were said. They had to say things they didn't want to say. Now, what I will Just say. Just like that promo Moxley um, gave when yeah. he turned heel on Seth. Oh, he was uncomfortable was doing that Romans. shit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like that. That's not so I'm not like it's not like not possible. It's very possible. And I believe them when they say they didn't want to say it. And that it was something that they were forced to do, which is welcome to the WWE. But it, um, it's it's just like Michelle McCool making this big fucking deal and she had to get the guy who she was fucking involved, not her husband, the guy she was fucking, because I don't think they were married at this point. She went crying to The Undertaker, and, like, this is why I don't like Michelle McCool, because she's like, I don't want to do this. I don't feel right doing this. But you had, you were okay doing a storyline where you called Mickey James a pig and fact-shamed her and did all that horrible shit. But she you were okay. She did. You're okay she said with she that. didn't want to do it. Uh-huh. Sure. She said, I didn't want to do that. We never wanted to say that. But I'm like, Layla don't, Layla don't even fuck with you, though. Nobody like, right, really... Like, let put it into perspective. You worked mm -hmm. with this woman for over a year. And she don't, and fuck, she don't fuck with you. I don't know. I, I feel like that you did want to say it. I feel like you were very comfortable saying it. Because I like how people are like, well, you know, they comment or they like each other's stuff on Instagram. That don't mean nothing. Half those wrestlers don't even probably have somebody their own account. They just take pictures and ask somebody to like work on it or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just saying, if if I feel like if Awesome Kong had been able to do what she was sent there to do, then a lot of things in the WWE might have moved a little bit faster. We might not have gotten too far, but at least we would have her being there. She would have a stint. She would have been a champion in multiple companies, been more than just TNA. It would have doubled down on her greatness in her career. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like, I feel like Kong was robbed and we were robbed. We were and robbed and she was robbed even more, man. Like, not she, had got, she got pregnant, but if she hadn't been able to debut prior, we wouldn't have had to worry because she would have already wrestled. She would have already went to Mania. She would have won. And then if she after if she wanted to vacate the title, she could have because she was she had already did what was necessary in terms of the story. 
but she didn't even get to that point. And oh, what okay. really pissed me off was Michelle McCool ended up retiring shortly after that. That pissed me off so fucking bad. And I was like, you could have just retired if you did not want, like you did that on purpose to keep her from having a story on you. That's what it sounded like to me. Because wasn't the whole thing was that that's when they were going to have her, like word on the street was that like Kelly Kelly was going to be the one that was going to take the belt off Kong. Or at least that's what Freddie Price Jr. wanted to do. Because like that's the ultimate fucking underdog was Kelly Kelly. Right. Yeah, she was going to be the hero. Right. Because they were doing that thing where Kong would like, because Freddie Price Jr. said they wanted to do promos where she's like ripping heads off of Barbie dolls, which is uh, Kelly Kelly's real name is Barbie. By yeah. the way, shout out to uh, Kelly Kelly. Congratulations. She is currently pregnant, not knowing if she, she, I saw a picture and it was really funny. She's like, finally entered the human sh shelf mode of pregnancy. And it's her sitting there with like a can of soda on her stomach. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, relatable. Like, I did that. I used to sit like bowls of cereal on my stomach and eat it. <laughs> But like you know, uh, congrats to her. But they were gonna have like her, like Kong, like ripping off Barbie doll heads, and like Cabbage Patch dolls heads because you know the the divas were cute and you know dollish, and that's what. And you know what would I have been mad about that? It would have depended on how good Kelly Kelly did against her in that match, and then you know that would have been a lot of naysayers for Kelly Kelly going like, "Wow, this bitch could actually wrestle." You know, well, they did the story instead of doing it with Kong, they ended up doing it with Beth. And that just that doesn't that doesn't seem right because the whole thing between Gail and Kong was that you didn't think Gail Kim could overcome Kong, and either Kong got up on her or she got up on Kong. That's and they were able to go back and forth and have good matches with each other. It, it, it just blows my mind. Like, how could you let a fucking talent like that go and not even try? Because I'm telling you, if, if Kong, and I agree with you, and I've said this multiple times, if Kong was able to do what she could do in the WWE, they would be not, they still would not be behind every other company, like majorly established company when it comes to the women's division. Over in Japan, she's like fucking standing ovations for the women's matches. You have Stardom, you have Shimmer. Just, like, just because of it was Michelle McCool, that's what set back the Divas division so fast, or the women's division. And it didn't really start catching up steam until like Becky and Charlotte and Sasha or Mercedes came up there and people really started paying attention to the matches. Someone on Twitter posted a PCP entrance, and God, that made me sick. It was awful. Everybody like, was doing their own entrance. It was it, it was, was stupid. I'm like, this is a faction. Of un unfortunately, yes, they were. Um, they didn't have no cohesion at all. I I was like, okay. I don't even remember. All right, so we have those two one ifs. Anyone have any other ones? Uh, I got one. What if ECW didn't go under? It, well, it'd be it'd be what GCW is right now. Yeah, it'd just be GCW. I know, but still, it's just like growing up. 
like when like me and my friends always talk about like being wrestlers, we knew for a damn fact WWE would never take us because we are not what they wanted. Like at the time, they weren't looking for like Amazon hype women who wanted to like go through burning tables and shit and actually enjoy doing it. And like ECW was just our thing. And then it's, when it got bought out or went under, like I'm still pissed at Paul Heyman for that. You know how Paul do. You got to keep his money. Can't help that. Always got to keep that money. <laughs> Bastard. Got to have that money. Uh, it's just weird when you think about like now all these companies are coming up. But like what if WCW didn't go under? What if ECW didn't go under? You know, like. It'd be a lot. Those companies probably will still be around. Um, and you have a lot more. Um, it'd be spread out a lot more with various um, superstars. And maybe some people wouldn't be in the E. They might be with these various companies, you know? Yeah, well, WCW's downfall, honestly, is their own downfall. So. Yeah, I mean. That's a story for a whole nother day. All right. Nicole, what are you getting? Sorry, I'm trying to get this bottle out of my cabinet. Nicole? Uh, um, anybody have any other ones? Just trying to think. Like, we came up with so many and now I can't. So we're going to cleanse the palate a little bit and pivot to some current stuff, right? So AEW Collision seems to be doing pretty well. Um, I looked at uh, some of the dirt sheets for them reviewing it, and they actually really like it in its time slot. It's um, I don't like it in this time slot. I don't care what no one says. Collision itself is actually good, though. I'll give them that. Oh, they're gonna like the show. They said they really like the show. They like the flow of it. That it does exceptionally well. And AEW Collision is coming to Cleveland on September 9th. I might go to that. It's gonna be downtown at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I just want to yell "stupid fucking dinosaur" at Luchasaurus. <laughs> um. So. I'm glad that AEW Collision is doing well, honestly. Um, I'm glad that they're able to get things together. And um, it, it Phil is getting himself together. And I think that this is a role that he needs to stay in. I mean, he does wrestle on Collision, but he's the guy, the go-to guy back there. So I think that's going to work out in his favor. That's going to give him something else to do besides – focusing on the negativity and all that other stuff. I think this is something that's going to help him keep himself on track. If that makes sense. Also, there is uh, the TV show Heels is coming back on TV and his wife is going to be in that second season of that show. I'm not sure when it's supposed to debut, but it's a stars TV show and it got greenlit for a second season, which is awesome for them. Um, yeah, Ray. I mean, they're shooting the second season right now. Mm -hmm. 
Or actually, I feel like it's airing for some reason. I think it's in post-production. I'm not sure. So I haven't watched the show. Um, I tried to watch the first episode of it, and I don't know. I just I couldn't get into it. So, but I'm glad that it's um it's doing well because again, it just gets more people interested in, in wrestling itself. So I'm happy about that. Now there are pay-per-views coming up. So the 30th of July is when you will get NXT Great American Bash. August 5th, that same week, is going to be SummerSlam. So in three weeks, you're going to have pay-per-views back-to-back. And then after that, payback is on September 2nd, on a Saturday. Then you have Fastlane in October on the 7th. And then you have Survivor Series in Chicago on November 25th. Now, in between Fastlane and Survivor Series is Crown Jewel, usually. So Crown Jewel will probably be at the beginning of the month. They just haven't announced it yet. So for the next four to five months, those pay-per-views are spaced out within a month. So every month, there's a new pay-per-view. And there's probably going to be a couple more for NXT within the next couple of months. So October, look for... um, Mascot. <laughs> October, look for a pay-per-view from um, NXT. They usually have one. I can never remember the name of it. Um, it's, it's usually Halloween Havoc. Um, also Halloween outside Havoc. of WWE, which is coming up. I think within the next, we have Slammiversary, which is this Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. Uh, we also have um, the G1 The G one Climax is starting, I think, in two a week or two weeks. If I'm not mistaken, um, this is probably, this is also the biggest G1 Climax they've had ever. Um, I think, obviously, um, like I always say, I watch New Japan two to three times a year. This is the one time I watch it. So actually, let me find out when it actually starts because I will watch it. Um, but how the brackets, um, if people aren't familiar with the G1 Climax, it is, um, in my opinion, that's like the best, that's the biggest tournament that starts. Actually, it starts this Saturday. I want to watch that, but I Holy have no idea. When to watch it or when it comes out? I'll, I'll show you because I pirated it and I don't want to say the um, website on here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh shit. So it starts at 15, so that's fantastic. Um, how the the brackets, yes, I'll call them brackets, how the, um, or the groups. So the groups are broken. They're very interesting. So again, I think everyone should really take a look to see who's all, it's like a literally variety of everyone. Eddie Kingston is in here. Obviously you have um, your favorites in here, like the Tetsu Naito, um, both Zack Sabre and Will Ospreay are in here. Um, Kenta's in here, Jeff Cobb, um, Okada, trying to think, there's just, like literally you name it like this is like a really really interesting 
grouping this year. So again, to me, the GI GI climax is really interesting because obviously um, the winner can honestly make a career, um, make careers. Um, Kenny Omega was the winner in 2016. I'm very proud of myself for knowing that little fact. Um, <laughs> but not only do they get like that fancy fun trophy, obviously all the confetti, because you know Japan loves confetti, but also they get a contract of to challenge for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Mm. Oh, that's right. cool. But Nicole's right. There is um, Slammiversary on Saturday. Um, that is at their biggest pay-per-view of the year. It's 40 bucks. You can buy it on YouTube to watch it. You can buy it on Fight TV. You can buy it um, through their website. It's totally up to you how you can purchase it, but it's $40 to watch. Um, they also have Emergence coming up shortly after um, Slammiversary, like within a month or so. Um, Bound for Glory is this year um, as well. And then they have some smaller events in between. Impact's been all over the world this, this year. They just got back from um, from Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, they, were in, Australia. they were in Canada for the I might last, go to that Chicago mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to have a, a couple shows within the next Shout out to Trady. Yeah, they're going to have a couple shows in the next couple of months. And Impact's been doing pretty well. If you can't watch Impact through Access TV, like I have Yahulu, but if you have Sling, you can watch it for free. It's included in your package. Not tonight, though, because it wasn't working. Oh, Lord. But you can always yeah. watch it on YouTube. All you have to do is go on YouTube and subscribe to their members-only um, membership and that show will unlock live and you can watch it live every week on Thursdays. Right? I was watching Impact. I started watching it and I really do like it. I really I really enjoy watching Impact. I Nicole, what are you doing? I'm making myself dinner. I'm sorry. No, I was it sounded like you were working with electricity back there. <laughs> no, it's a, it's my pepper grinder. Oh, damn. I thought you were building fucking Frankenstein or some shit back there. Jesus. Oh, well, she's fine. It's yeah. fine. Um the only thing I would say is that sometimes it's a little it's 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 real campy. I'll say that. So you gotta have a little bit more imagination when you watch it and try not to pick it apart too much. That's the best part about it. So recently, if you haven't watched it, Scott Demore has been embroiled with a battle between Bully Ray and Steve Macklin. But for whatever reason, that all that mat that match has changed in its entirety. So Steve Macklin isn't involved in that match anymore. Um, the the is guy who is he isn't the guy who is the head of the design is the one that's going to be teaming with Bully Ray instead. PCO got lit on fire with battery acid put down his throat. So he's going to be gone. God, and I love pro wrestling. <laughs> Scott DeMora does not have a partner right now. So his partner is a mystery. We don't know who that is. And I'm sure it's going to be somebody. I don't know. I'm hoping it's somebody worthwhile and very exciting to see. But that's going to be one of the last matches of the night. Um, Alex Shelley is still champion um, over there. He got the championship at the last pay-per-view, and he's been champion ever since. Now, 
Nick Aldis's return. And of course, he's turned and become a heel. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But if Shelly doesn't drop it at Slammiversary, I think by emergence, he's going to drop it to um, Nick Aldis and the Motor City Machine Guns are going to go back to tag team wrestling. Um, speaking of tag team wrestling, uh, his partner, uh, Chris Sabin is a nine-time X Division champion. He took the belt away from Trey Miguel, who um, got his partner back in Zachary Wentz, who you WWE fans might know as Nash Carter. Um, I'm so happy for that, honestly. He just had his debut match on Impact today. Well, his re-debut, you know, because he, he's coming back to Impact. And he won that match. So congratulations to you, Zachary. Um, but it looks like he and Trey Miguel are going to start running shop in the tag team division again. Um, and right now, currently, the tag team champions are Chris Bay and Ace Austin, ABC. They are uh, the tag team champions. They're supposed to be a part of the Bullet Club. I hate that um, so much. <laughs> I hate it that. Works for them. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It works. I, I like I like them as a tag team, and I think they do great. Um, and they, they have an uncanny chemistry with each other, and it really, really does work for them. Um, they have a match, a fatal four-way at um, Slammiversary. They're going up against Moose and Brian Myers, um, Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan, and subculture they're going up against them so um i don't think they're going to lose those titles to them i think that they're going to wait and have them drop them back to the rascals um if they do it'll probably be to um i would give it to subculture if i were um running it in impact but whatever um then you've got the match that i'm really looking forward to which is diana perrazzo and trinity fatu but to go back to Saban being nine-time champion, he is going up against Leo Rush. Now, Leo Rush literally just walked in the fucking door. Why is he there? Like he had one match last two weeks ago. He won that match. And then he issued a challenge to Chris Saban backstage, and it was accepted. Then last week on Impact, he went up against it was him and Nick Aldis versus the Motor City Machine Guns. So they won their match. Nick Aldis and uh, Leo Rush did. And that match for Saban and Leo Rush for that um, Impact X Division Championship was set the week prior when he issued the challenge. So he's literally been there for three weeks and he's already scheduled to be on Slammiversary. To just pivot just a little bit, I find Leo Rush to be insufferable. I don't understand what the appeal is of him. In the ring, I know that he has a lot of speed, and I know that he is really good at that, the acrobatic aspect of it. He's fast, he's quirky, he's quick in the ring, but that's all I get from him. When it comes down to slowing down and actually wrestling your opponent, there's not really much to him. Like, he's got a lot of bravado, and he's very arrogant in the ring, and he's always taunting or making fun of his opponent for not being quick enough. It's kind of like watching Speedy Gonzalez and Bugs Bunny in the ring together. Um, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't get it. 
I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to understand it. I don't think he's a bad wrestler at all. I just don't understand the hype of him. I think it's just because, like, I don't really want to talk about Leo Rush that much. But I think it's just because he's made himself to kind of be unlikable, if that makes sense. Well, him personally, it's, it's, it's like, I, I couldn't put that to the side. Like, I mean, like, I... He, he's a great wrestler. I, I'm not going to take that away from him, right? Guy's good, but it's like, it's his ego, and he just thinks he's like God's gift to wrestling. Because there was like one match he did, it was like his last match in like MLW or something like that, where he took, he did something off the top of a ladder. And I remember seeing a very rare clip of Cornette, like when it came across my Facebook page, because one of my friends used to share clips from it. And it was Cornette going off because Leo did something off a ladder. And then he stood up like it was nothing. It's like, you know, when you do a move, you see wrestlers do a move off a ladder or something like really high. They like lay there and, you know, the crowd's going crazy and they slowly get back up to the feet. Now, this dude popped up like it was nothing. I'm not surprised. I mean, I guess that was a part of the shtick. My thing is outside of his the personal stuff like that's I'm talking about just the character itself and the wrestling. When Nicole gets done, I, I want to hear her perspective on it. But, like, I just was, like, I was watching him wrestle the last couple of weeks. And I was, like, okay, Leo Rush is back. Like, I know what Leo Rush is capable of. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a terrible wrestler. I'm just saying when I saw, when I was watching him in Impact these last couple of weeks, I'm just, like, I don't, I don't. He's not fun to watch to me. He bores me because you get a lot of speed and movement and everything, and that's cool, but then there's no payoff to that. And I just was like, what is the, where, where does the hype of him come from? I mean, which I get. Um, I think the hype is, is that like a very like, I don't want to say once was, but I feel like that's kind of what it is. Like especially like where he was at on the indies. And I feel like everyone really, really like saw what he can do and what he was capable of. Sorry, I'm still stirring. Um, so I think that entails a little bit of it. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of nostalgia in a sense. But I don't think he's terrible. But also, it's like, I don't think he's worth any of the hype anymore. But I don't want to discount him as a person. Like, again, I think he's, like, very talented. But I also think, like, he's just, like, kind of, like, run his course in a sense. But, I mean, I doubt, honestly, that um, he's going to get the title. So, it's just, like, whatever. I think it's just, like, a filler match. So, the match between Trin and Deanna Perrazzo is what a lot of people are looking forward to and what they want to see. 
I really want Trinity to take that title off of Deanna. Um, I understand what Deanna did to get herself up there to be at the top, but Deanna, Deanna's also boring to me in terms of her character work. I don't know if it's because of the way she's playing off of Trinity, but. Well, it could also be that, like, for a while, like, her and Jordan Grace were the only two, like, her, Jordan Grace, and Mickey James were, like, the only three really going for that title. Yeah, they were playing keep away with the Impact Women's title. So I think that has something to do with it. And I love Deanna Praza. Love her. Love her to pieces. Same here. But sometimes a character like that only can do so much for a certain mm -hmm. amount of time. Mm -hmm. And this is no shade to her at all whatsoever. But I'm just, it's just being like realistic. Like what characters like hers can do for a certain amount of time. And like, so like, again, like she, we know that she's like, obviously a phenomenal a phenomenal wrestler, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll I think right I'll be right back. Keep huh? going. But I do think okay. she wouldn't it wouldn't be that crazy if she had a character change. Right. Because she's been the virtuosa for ever, ever. now. I mean I don't know. I mean, I love I love watching her wrestle. I think WWE really dropped the fucking ball on her because, like, she was, like, one of the first new class of NXT that, like, just started showing up on the main roster for some reason. And people were like, damn, this girl can wrestle. And I was really digging her. And I was really mad when they let her go. And I'm glad she got with Impact. And I'm glad she's gotten the run that she has with them while she's there. But I also think she's a filler right now. Like, I don't think she's, I think, I obviously think she's a transitional champ. We need someone different. And, like, no offense to Jordan Grace or Mickey James, but, but the one thing that I do love about Impact is that they make sure every woman is in some kind of storyline. Because you got Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich going up against the Coven. And then you got Death Dolls teaming up with Jody Threat, and I—that's a team I didn't know I needed till like now. And even like Death Dolls are having fun doing whatever they're doing, their own little weird thing. I still miss Taya with them though. Um, but like every woman has a storyline, but I think Naomi deserves it, or Trinity deserves it. She, I mean, and this is not taking away from anything else from any of the women in, in Impact, but honestly, I think a lot more people tuned into Impact just because Trinity showed up there. Oh, 100%. I mean, and again, like I was saying, like, it's not like, again, it's not like it's no shade to the women there. Like, they're doing an excellent job, but... And she'll like, you know, just call him a spade a spade. Right. And it's just like Tiff was like 
Like, let's be honest, and she's probably going to kill me when she hears this later. Would Tiff be watching Impact if Trinity's not there? Because we've been telling her to watch Impact for how long now? I've been telling her for years. Same. So it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, I mean, people are watching it now, and it's, they're getting more eyes on the on it, and you know, people are finding out their own new their own favorite wrestlers now in Impact. Is that fucking great? What you're supposed to do? Yes. But you know, in, I mean, honestly, Impact, the little wrestling company that that could honestly. <laughs> and I noticed, like, I love that for them. And you know, one thing I've noticed about Impact is that they are, I don't want to say they're picky about who they sign, but they're very methodical when it comes to, like, them signing people. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, Keith Slater, I loved him in WWE when he was a comedy act and he was with Rhino, but, like, that's all they really treated him as. He went to uh, Impact, and he's considered one of the biggest top baby faces in that company now. And I love that for him. And at one point, like, him and Rhino were, like, he was, he was like, fighting the design or something. I think he got injured. But before yeah, he got injured. But before that, he was, like, coming out, like, when the design had matches and, like, jumping them from behind and then running off. And I'm like, this is what we mean by, like, a face with an attitude. Like, he waited till they got their moment. He jumped them, took the guy out, and then he left before he got his ass whooped. Like, that's smart. Yeah. And I by that. That's what I like about Impact. Their um, faces aren't um, stupid. <laughs> their faces are... Well, I mean, it's just like... I don't know what the I, I miss the episode of like how Rosemary became Courtney Rush now that she's like doing this with uh, Jessica Havoc, but like two years ago I wouldn't even cared if Jessica Havoc was on TV on Impact, and now they put her with Courtney, and they're the Death Dolls, and I think it's the most funniest fucking thing. I love them. <laughs> like I get so excited when I see them, and I'm like, yes, my girls are on TV. <laughs> They do do a good job. I love it. I need to go get some wine. I was not able to make a good pasta sauce. I'm very upset. I'm sorry. That's fine. Well, if it makes you feel better, I don't even know how to make a pasta sauce, so you're a lot better than me. I'm distraught (laughs) right now. Loki even should be eating this late, but I ate my lunch late. And then also, I know I'm probably going to be up for a few more hours because I have to wash my hair and all that fun stuff anyway. So, mm. I was like, well, yeah, let's, uh, let, I mean, that's pretty much the card for Slammiversary. If you guys can watch it, watch it. You won't be disappointed, especially if you've never watched Impact Wrestling before. You will be highly entertained. Um, yeah. But moving on from that, we'll come back when Tiff is done doing whatever she's doing. Uh, that's all we got, folks. Sorry, we're kind of rambling now. I'm pretty sure Tiff might clean this up yeah. uh, in post production. But anyway, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter for as long as we can last on there, and Instagram down for the count, uh, down for the count 19 on Twitter, and then D4TC underscore podcast 
on Instagram. Uh, we do not have social media anywhere else. We have a dead TikTok page, but that doesn't really count. We are not on Facebook. We are not on Threads. Yeah, we That's the only have two Facebook. Days. I'm lying. Oh, we do? Yeah, we do. I don't ever. I check it every once in a while, but we do have a Facebook page. Okay. But we don't have a Threads page, though, right? No, I will make one eventually. I'm not joining another. That posted. I will make a thread eventually, maybe. I honestly, I've only been on there twice for my actual self, so who knows? All right, but as of right now, the only thing that we are fully active on is the Twitter account and the Instagram account. Uh, if you guys have any ideas for shows that you like to hear us talk about, or you may catch something that we're not, we may have missed during the week, send us a DM. We love hearing suggestions from you guys for top fives or topics for the shows. Um, give us a listen to us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'm not is I heard a rumor that Anchor is like merging with something right now. I'm not sure, but um, definitely follow us on Spotify and Pod and uh, Google Podcasts because eventually we would love to make this kind of like a semi living thing to do on top of everything else. Apparently, I'm the only one not allowed to quit my job if we ever get like really super famous. So that's yeah. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all the dino nuggies I can eat, apparently, when I start making six figures. But anyway, just follow us. Let us know if you guys like what you don't like, anything like that. And, of course, share us with your friends, your family, your grandma, your grandpa, whoever. But on behalf of Down for the Count, for Nicole and Tiff, I am Alexis. Janae, we miss you, and we hope that you can come back on the show because we know you work crazy hours plus school. Y'all pray for me and Janae because we are about to hit some really heavy stuff with this semester of us being in class. Uh, but until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side, y'all. Bye. <laughs>